welcome to this special live episode of the Plant-Based Business Podcast, which was recorded at Bevolution Festival in London in November 2019. Today, we have a very special interview conducted by my co-host Louis Blake at the festival, where he talks to the founders of the Wellbeing Company and Club Cultured. These companies are the winners of Fevolution's Pitch and Plant Investment Competition, which we held in 2019. I've had the chance, along with Judy, to get to know them really well over the past couple of months, and I'm really inspired by the work they're doing. So there's plenty of inspiration in here for anyone looking to create a purpose-driven business, so sit back and enjoy. So I'm uh, Harry, one third of the founders of Club Cultured, alongside these two legends. I'm James, the other third of uh, Club Cultured. I'm the other third. My name's Connor. <laughs> I'm Charlie from the Wellbeing Company. And I'm Laura from the Wellbeing Company. Thank you, guys. So, for those who don't know, we've recently launched a plant-based business podcast, and this podcast is really designed for people that are looking to start or or have already plant-based businesses or businesses that are offering plant-based products or services. Or we'll learn a little bit more uh, from people that are already actively working on uh, such brands. So, I guess a great way to start for, for the club culture guys. Firstly. You, you make tempeh, and I, might, I must say, some of the best tempeh I've ever had, if not the best tempeh I've ever had. Thanks. For those who don't know, what is tempeh? So tempeh is a fermented plant-based protein. Traditionally, it's made out of soybeans, which is from the originates in Indonesia, but you can make it out of any grain, seed, nut, legume. We've got some today, and we've got it with soybeans, like the classic way, which we really enjoy doing. We've got a tempeh rendang and a tempeh bourguignon. Um, but yes, we think it's the most nutritious plant-based protein out there. Compared to the other proteins out there, it's not processed, it's a whole food, um, where it's fermented, it's full of pre- prebiotics, great food for your gut bacteria. So yeah, we, we, it's totally changed our relationship with food and getting into fermentation, eating whole foods. Amazing. So where did, are we, are we go take, take it right back then, where did the idea, where did the idea initially come from to create tempeh and to, to start Club Cultured? So um, it, it came from, me and Harry had a blog called The Full Blown Vegans, and uh, we were brainstorming, and um, let's say we was a bit shroomy, and we got really, really creative, and it suddenly hit us that we didn't have any tempeh recipes on our, uh, on our page, and then we just had like a eureka moment, we was like, what, tempeh? And no, there was tempeh in the market, you get it in the health food shops, but no one was doing it properly, it was double wrapped in plastic, it was pasteurised. So yeah, we just got loads of books, we watched loads of videos on YouTube, and just become obsessed. Yeah. I think that's a real, it's a real good takeaway for people that now we, we live in such a good time where if you are genuinely interested in something and you want to learn more, mm. you've got the internet at your fingertips, your mm. books are easy to source, yeah. it's so easy to then deep dive and find out about stuff that you yeah. don't necessarily know about. So much free content. Totally. So yeah. from learning a bit more about it, the idea then obviously came about to make your own. Mm. Lots of people have great ideas. What was yeah. the next step in terms of taking action and, and going about we learning tr- how to make it? We I, tried, I, I got this tempeh book from like 1977, um, and then we tried it and we put it in Dobson's airing cupboard at home, and it just <laughs> it just turned out to like a sweaty bag of beans. So it was like, all right, back to the drawing board. So we got on Facebook Marketplace, um, found an old fridge, went and picked it up, got like a little VW Polo, and this fridge was massive. So probably just crammed it in to get home. And yeah, we turned that into an incubator and then we just started making, got better, learned more, made loads of mistakes, but we just learned from all the mistakes. Yeah. That's our mindset, we was never like downbeat. Because we used to work uh, night shifts for like 12 hours, come home, make like 50 kilos of tempeh, and then we'd have to throw it all away because it spoiled. And we had to do like six weeks on the spin. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was just like, we just really motivated each other and just kept immersed ourselves into it, quit all our jobs. We're just like, all right, we, we're going in on this. 
Love that. Believed in it, yeah. Amazing. Charlie Nora, for you guys, was there any airing covered stories? I'm sure there was similar. I'm sure there was similar uh, amounts of trial and error at the start when you when when you first started. I think Charlie, you started the company initially. What was the what did how did the initial idea come about for for the company? So uh, it wasn't a um, a fridge; it was a shed. Um, <laughs> but uh, it came about because I'd switched to a plant based diet for health reasons, um, and uh, basically I'd. Uh, suffered quite badly with uh, anxiety and depression from a very, very young age. And um, I found a way to basically kind of medicate it through um, not the very, like, not the right ways. Really. I used drugs and alcohol to kind of medicate myself because I didn't really know what I was experiencing. Um, and then after that, I, I kind of just hit rock bottom and um, someone kind of told me what I was actually experiencing. They said, you know, this is mental health that you're, you're experiencing. This isn't... You know, this isn't who you are, it's something that, that you're experiencing. So she got me the help that I needed. I started seeing a therapist. And um, through that experience, I started realizing, okay, if this isn't who I am, it's something that I'm experiencing, then I can maybe fix this. Um, I got really obsessed with all the different things that I could do to make myself feel better. And that's when I came across the power between food and mood, the gut and the brain, and how we can, um, what we eat really affects how we feel. Um, and that's how I got onto a plant-based diet. And that's how I kind of, thought, okay, I really miss these things, I want to recreate them. And there wasn't really any milk chocolate at the time that I really, really liked. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to make my own. And um, I asked my landlord if I could build a shed in my garden. And, and then, the, yeah, that's, that's really how it came about. It's amazing. I love, the, I love the synergy between both companies where you guys have both obviously adopted a plant-based diet, not only because for, you, for your own reasons, but they wanted to share that with the world. And then that's, that's manifested in creating products for other people to enjoy that can help extend the same benefits that you guys felt to them. So guys, the first batch didn't go so well mm. after the night shift and you, yeah. were, you were struggling to, to get it right. Yeah. What were the, at that point, I think that's where a lot of people stop. Yeah. But they have yeah. an idea, they make the initial steps, it doesn't work. Mm. What, 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 what happened from there then? It didn't work. Rather than stop, what was the next steps that you guys took? We just, we just kept on going because we knew it was our first time. Get it right first time, it's, it's going to be difficult. Um, but the other time with the fridge, we overloaded it and it got to a point like wow we outgrew the fridge so then we was like then we were stuck but then we i've got like this three by three cabin in my garden we used to use it for like play playstation in but now we're taking the sofas out it's like a proper fermenting room it's got like paneled walls it's where we actually I had the shrooms originally so yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Funny. it's the same place so you just you work with what you've got and you know you'd never take no for an answer you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until until we start to see the results. Really. We just really believed in it and was inspired. We just thought, right, this is something that, especially in England, because we lived in Australia for a year, we traveled in Indonesia, that's where we first had it. We was like, man, this is crazy good. Like, why is no one in England eating this? Mm. And just, you go to the health food shops and it's not presented well, it's not done well, so it's like, there's a gap. And we believed that we could fill that gap. So it, it came good eventually. Mm -hmm. um, when you had that first that, that minimal viable product, you had that first offering, you, you, re you got to the point where you appreciated it was maybe good enough. What were the steps to then taking that forward and putting, putting that out there? Because today, you know, you're in, I have it in both of my restaurants, it's in a bunch of restaurants across London and beyond. What were the steps to then putting it in front of people? At what point did you start getting it out to people? Quite from early from the beginning, because obviously we was working on another friend's food business when we came back from traveling, so we met loads of contacts within the London vegan scene. And the thing about the community is just so supportive and they want to help in any way possible. So we had this idea, our friends had restaurants, we're like, right, this is what we're making, what can you help us in certain ways? And luckily for us, they believed in us, they helped us and supported us and really spread the message. 
and that was like, yeah, they just went, went through this like domino effect, really. Once we got one, we believed in it more, it got better, learned more, found more customers. It validated your own belief when yeah. people started tasting it and, exactly. and like enjoying it. It validates your belief and then spurs you on to keep yeah, going and, yeah. and push it further. And especially with Connor cooking, cooking it with his chef background, it's just like, wow, this is... Mm. And I think for you guys as well, you, you really complement each other's skill sets. So you, you have a chef background. Yeah. It, it, it's nice to understand the balance in the team that makes these things possible yeah. to go forwards. And Charlie, at what point did, did you guys start working together? I mean, you had the initial idea, you're working in the shed. At what point do, 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 do you join? So Charlie had been working on the recipe for the chocolate. So it's, it's bean to bar chocolate. So we do everything from scratch from the actual bean. Um, and that's what Charlie was working on. Um, which is really, really complicated. It's such a complex product, chocolate. Um, so it took you about two years, I think, to create what we have now. And then the business, um, I think it pretty much started at the same time when, the, when, you, when you left your role to work on the wellbeing company. I moved into a house share with Charlie. I'd left my job, which I kept always doing because I just never felt like I had my purpose. Um, left my job, moved into a house share with Charlie, knew about this chocolate, and his name's Charlie, so <laughs> wow, this is great. Um, would love to get involved. And at that point, I thought it was just a chocolate product. Um, and then I started volunteering with Charlie just whilst I was looking for work and realized there was so much more to it, the mental health aspect that we're super, super passionate about. And I just thought, I need to, I need to do this. I can't go back to work. Because um, it's not like work anymore. I'm living my passion. And that was February last year, and yeah, now we're business owners, which is great. Two, th two things I can pull from that for both of you and to, to share with you guys. The first one is not knowing everything about an industry you're stepping into is sometimes a massive blessing. The sheer naivety, and it's something that I share as well, the sheer naivety and almost like the balls to think, well, I can do that, I can start a chocolate company, <laughs> I can start a template brand. People that know the industry or know better see all of the reasons why not, because they know the statistics, they know that they, they get the feedback, they, they all these reasons why it's not possible. It's almost a benefit to not come from that industry. I didn't come from restaurant backgrounds. You guys didn't come from food production. No, did you guys. And that naivety is almost what you, it can be a benefit to help get you started. Totally, yeah. Secondly, I think burning the boats is an analogy that I, I, I love to use. And for you guys, all of you, what you share in common is at some point you decided to take the risk and leave leave work and focus on it full time. And I think in doing so, in, in literally burning the boats and not having an, an alternative option, you put yourself in the position where you just can't fail. Yeah. You have to put, sometimes you just have to take that leap and there's uncertainty, there's anxiety around it. But if you believe in what you're doing enough and you understand the connection it makes and the purpose behind it, that's sometimes enough to spur you on and, and, and enable you to think, think of it as less of a risk. Really, you know, I, th I think that's, that's an amazing thing to hear from, from from all of you guys. So, starts getting into restaurants. Yeah. Um, you guys gave it to me, and I loved it, and then put it into both restaurants, and we still we still use it today. What were the key problems that you came across when you've went, when you've gone from making it at home, taking it to restaurants? What were the key kind of hurdles at this point that stopped you from scaling faster? Well, the way we was making tempeh at the time, we needed we needed to scale up. Yeah. We started to get orders, and then we was like, right, we need to properly be trained now. Like, we've read the books, we've read the videos, we make good tempeh, we need to make excellent tempeh on scale. So that's when we searched the web. We were looking for someone to train us, and we, we came across a guy uh, named Demeter, lives in Indonesia. He's a Dutch guy, but lives out there. And we spent a month out there in January. Oh, no, sorry, a week out there in January. 
Wish it was and it and it <laughs> totally changed the game for us. Totally changed the game. We realised like when we got the training, we're like, I can't believe we we sold that ten before. Yeah. We were like, I can't believe people were buying that. Yeah, um, but yeah, it just totally changed the game. Now we can make it on mass yeah. and, and have consistency. And from that well. naivety to then recognise when to skill up, when yeah. to upskill yourselves, yeah. and when to reinvest in yourselves and yeah, yeah. to become better kind of yeah. drivers of that business. And the thing is, we always, whenever we set up from the beginning, we, we knew like where we wanted to take it, we had to get investment and build a factory to do that. Mm. And so even from the get-go, that was our mission, that was our plan. We was networking for that, meeting people. And literally just last week, we signed a contract to have our own, build our own factory, which will be going live in like two weeks. Amazing news. So, yeah, that was like oh, yeah. the mission. That's what we're doing. Yeah, it's been like a big validation of all our hard work over the totally. last year. And all the and did you did you guys have a, a kind of a roadmap for where you wanted to where you wanted to get to? Was it was there milestones like, for example, we know that within a year we want to get to a factory, and then in order to achieve that, I'm going to reverse engineer that process, mm. and these are the steps I'm going to have to take to get there. Was there a, like a, I remember we are speaking about this. We kind yeah, of a yeah, map yeah. in place of where you needed to get yeah, to. Yeah, we had targets like certain restaurants we wanted to be speaking to, supply in, um, events we wanted to be doing. Yeah, definitely had clear goals and took action steps towards those goals. Mm. Just always like building that momentum. It's all about for me. I realised it's all about intention, momentum, and discipline. And that's what I thought. Just really honed in on that, and just totally changed our way of thinking. Brilliant. And for you guys, um, from the, the early stages and the initial products, what did it look like in terms of, I mean, I imagine the first few weren't great, but when you did come across the, the, the kind of the ones that worked, what was the process for you getting out to market? So I think, yeah, we, we made loads of rubbish chocolate. And um, <laughs> I think as, as well, there's so many elements to making chocolate. You've got, you've got the, uh, just choosing the beans from around the world that you want to use. Then you've got the roasting and the winnowing and the tempering. There's just so many elements to it. You can mess up on any of those ones. Um, and also, as you grow, you, you tend to change the machinery that you use, and that completely changes how you're making the chocolate. So we've, we've, we've just actually invested in some new machinery recently with the money that we secured from Pitch and, Pitch and Plant. Mm. And the machinery is so, so different, and we're, we're almost learning to make chocolate all over again because it's completely different. Um, and then I guess well, the question that you were asking about how did like, we get it to market, we started by... Um, just doing loads of little, so we started at uh, Fat Gay Vegans Market, yeah. didn't we? That's where we started, that was our first market. Um, and then we just started branching out from there, really. We started with markets, doing lots of markets, and then we started uh, stocking like local shops and restaurants and cafes around East London. Then we launched our online store. Um, and then as we started to grow and realized that actually we need a lot bigger machinery to be able to keep up with these, these orders, we had to kind of shrink again so we had to like close the online store take a few of the orders away from the shops so that we could really because it's just two people we had to really just spend all our time just getting more money kind of learning how to make the chocolate again with these new machinery so yeah it's that balance between wanting to grow but equally being able to satisfy the growth and maintain your, your standards and i think it's a really sensible thing that you both did was getting out there getting in front of customers and, and getting initial feedback uh, on, on what you were doing you guys have been at the markets you guys at the markets as well getting proof of concept from those markets and, and getting a building relationship with the community who then were able to give you feedback there and then that Market you can research. take away and work on. Hugely yeah. important. Mm, yeah. So many people are open businesses and try and go straight in without understanding yeah, what, yeah. what the public want. You may taste great to you, but if there's 20 people that buy it that don't like it, mm. you, you, haven't, you haven't got a business. Yeah. Yeah. So on, on, sorry. I think as well, if, you, if, you go, if you're lucky enough to have loads of money when you start out and you do just hit 100% straight away, there's loads of things that you can miss out on the way, and yeah. I know for us, like just upscaling just a little bit, 
it's things like couriering and like how do you get your product from one place to another and all these things and there's always mistakes that happen mm. and those mistakes luckily are a lot smaller because you know you're, you're growing together with it whereas if you just go straight in at 100% I don't know how you would how you would manage that yeah. with all the mistakes so that will happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, let's, well, let's talk about how that links into the investment then because I, I, I again see this as a benefit. If you start out with limited capital, you have to be super creative on, on, on the way that you not only develop, market, and, and you're really careful, you, you're not wasteful. So you guys all were successful in, in raising money uh, at Pitch and Plant. Um, what made you decide that it was the time to, to, to get investment and, and why did you uh, opt to, to, to go after money at that point? Yeah, we'd luckily met, like uh, we had a group of investors before, and um, so that was already on the back burner. We never signed up, but it just come up as a really good opportunity. Um, and we just, yeah, we support this community. Like I was here last year as a customer in the crowd here, and I just was like really inspired by Evolution and their mission. And when it came up, I was like, yeah, we should definitely go for it. Mm. And just to, just to see, just because it's like quite a good challenge as well, because mm. public, like getting up there, doing public speaking, doing the pitch, it's always great practice for for life, you don't know whatever's going to come. So that was what our, <coughs> that was our thinking. Yeah, I totally agree. And it was our first round of investment, so we've never we hadn't actually tried for any kind of investment before um, the Evolution Pitching Plan. And again, it's just doing something outside of our comfort zone. That's mm. how you learn. And yeah. it really was outside our comfort zone. We were terrified, <laughs> but it worked out, which was wonderful. But obviously the money is fantastic and it's really helped us by, but it's the community that Evolution have and mm. um, that we really wanted to be part of. And now we are, and yeah, just excited to see what happens in the future. Is there anything you learned from the fundraising experience that you think would be valuable advice to budding entrepreneurs or people that are uh, actively seeking investment at the moment? Is there anything that you kind of um, one thing I would say is just like tell everyone what you're doing because I think you've talked about it before um, one because you don't want to be the person who doesn't do it and two because you never know who these people know and everyone just wants to help that's what I've learned everyone is happy to help especially help. in the vegan scene yeah especially when you're a young startup like you're just going on your own people are willing to support so I think yeah, just get out there and be prepared to tell you what you're doing put your passion into it let them feel it let them see the vision and yeah just try and inspire them in the vision that you have let them see through your No matter what stage you're at, no yeah. matter if you've just made a logo and a website and you haven't even started making it yet, tell people yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what doors are going to look like. Yeah, super powerful. I think as well, if you're, if you're going for something like Pitch and Plant, it's about being really authentic about where you're at. Um, like you said, where, whatever stage you are, um, I think that you don't have to go in pretending that you're you know, making loads, you know, doing so much more than you think you should be. I think just going in and saying, actually, we don't know everything. This is this is where we're at. And I think people buy into that more. I think people want to support you more if, if you're showing, like, I don't know everything. I'm probably going to make loads of mistakes along the way. Um, but can you support us? Do you believe in what, what we've done so far? I think that's really Certainly. important. And we were saying on camera before, Laura and I, weren't we, about not being afraid to sound silly. Yeah. I think it's a mistake a lot of people make. They want to they sound like they're... they're now big business people and they're, and they're doing oh, it yeah. but something an investor will ask you something or someone will mention a, a, t a term you don't understand it rather than pretend you know what it is just be honest I, mm. I, sorry I don't know what that means can you explain it that's how you learn mm. there's no ego around not, not knowing everything none of us know absolutely everything mm. is there anything that you know now at this stage in your journey that you wish you knew at the start <laughs> one thing, one thing. I know we can we can read off a Christmas list now, but is there, if there's one thing that you that you know now that you wish you know at the start, what would it be? Oh, um, we're getting some equipment from uh, Indonesia, and 
at the time we thought this is the only place that we can get this equipment made so we was like right we've got to get it but import duty tax and all this kind of stuff I wish I knew that before because <laughs> now I've got all the charges um, so yeah that's the only thing I could really think of yeah how about you guys? I think, I think it's a money thing for us as well, to be honest. But then I think as well, if we knew about how much money we were going to just chuck into this endless pit, we probably wouldn't have started yeah. it anyway. So maybe we didn't want to know it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if you have any savings, they're not going to last long when no, you have a start. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to spend your savings, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, it is, though. It definitely is. Yeah. It's a great investment. Yeah. yeah. If you're passionate enough that you're going to reap the rewards. Exactly. Yeah. So one thing we did do, like since we, well, when we first started, probably about the first four months, we didn't pay ourselves no salary. Then after that, we upped it to thirty pound a week, and now we're still fifty a week. And so, like, if, if I knew that beginning, I'd be like, oh, that's going to be tough. But it's taught us so much yeah. about yeah. how to respect how, money. Yeah, respect money. Yeah. How little you actually really need. And totally. Just like a life of excess, really. Because we used to be working as stockbrokers. We used to come from a totally different background. So mm. yeah, it's definitely. I think these are the these are the, these are the you know the sacrifices you have to make. I'm yeah. the same as didn't pay myself all this year, yeah. part of last year. I think they're the sacrifice you have to make, but it teaches you so much. And from an investment perspective, even if your investment fails and your business fails, the investment you made in yourself over the period of time the business was running, the amount of value you can generate from that is huge. Yeah. What um, I finish with, a, with with this question for you all: um, What advice would you have to someone who's starting a business? Just, uh, be patient. Just be patient. If you believe in yourself, you're gonna get there. Eventually, mm, yeah. you're gonna get there. If it takes time. What someone, advice would you give to someone starting a business? Um, don't listen to out, outside noise too much. Yeah. yeah. Just go for it. And just get started. Yeah. Just keep you're just forward. only gonna get better. Yeah. You'd only regret not trying it. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we we was gonna do food business before and never went went through with it. And this one we did. You're going. Yeah. This is it. Guys, so I think everyone would agree it's a really inspiring conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast is produced by Fevolution. It is edited by Bridie Addison Child, hosted by Louis Blake, Damian Clarkson, and Judy Nadell. To learn more, visit slash business. And check us out on Instagram at plantbasedbusiness, Louis underscore Blake, and Fevolution underscore. So please share this far and wide, and we'll see you plantpreneurs next time. <laughs>